What's up, Matt? G. How are you, brother? What's Can up, dude? Oh, nothing much, dude. Hype to hype to chat some bike. Yes, dude. Are you on the I'm, floor? Or are you in your bed? I'm just on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> you the? I don't know if you ever noticed. People were like, "Yo, this is like you and then Mason Hollyman." I can't remember who was first in the podcast. You were both in bed, and people were like, "Yo, is this the new flex? Like doing podcasts from bed?" <laughs> I guess it's kind of weird. I was just thinking out. Uh, right before I got on, like, fuck, I mean, like, if I was doing a work pod or a work Zoom meeting, I probably couldn't just be on the sofa chilling. But oh well, oh well. <laughs> you, you understand? I mean, we're all bikers. We got to have the feet up, or else we're just not recovering. You know? Like, <laughs> I kind of feel that, but I also kind of have always hated that. The whole oh, yeah. like, don't, I, don't. What is it? Don't stand when you can sit. Don't sit when you can lay down. I'm just like, Meh. yeah, I. uh God, before I came to Europe, I was so into that. But now, like, here you just walk all over the place. Like, you have to. Like, if I want to go anywhere, go to the store, do anything, I have to walk all over Kingdom Come. So I kind of had to take away that phobia that I used to have. <laughs> Where? So wait, are you in Spain now or are you in Portugal? I'm in Spain, yeah. I, I only live in Spain. Portugal okay. is not. Not my not my place. <laughs> so what are you you don't love Portugal? I mean, it's cool. It's cool. It's like it's kind of I mean, not to shit on Mexico, but like what the kind of classic Trumper American would think about like what Mexico is. Like it's dirty, it's dangerous, it's and you see it like you cross the border where I live in Vigo, you go over the border and like you notice it right away. It's run down. The cars are always trying to like <laughs> they're dangerous. It's just it's just the vibe that you notice right when you cross the border. I don't I don't like it. As really? Much, but yeah, majorly. Because I've heard so many cool things about Portugal, but I always I haven't been there. I love Europe, but I always have said it's because like it's a destination. You're never on your way through Portugal. Like, oh, I was going through Portugal, so I hung out for a couple of days. It's like that's Austria and Germany and Netherlands, right. like, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are cities. I think Porto, which is one of their main cities, and Lisbon too, is those are two of the coolest cities in Europe. Like spectacular. But I, I take it back. I don't know. I I do have a bit of a bias because like. I have so many Spanish friends and they treat me so well and I have such good memories here. And then I go into Portugal and it's a different vibe. But anyway, that's what's the vibe on the team. What's the vibe? So, so well, okay. Everybody keg G's back. We, I, <laughs> we can do an intro. I don't know. We're just like a more casual podcast, but we're, we're yeah. chatting because of Keegan's video that he had put out that I thought was really interesting. And we had been emailing back and forth about what our next podcast was going to be. And I was like, yo, this would be really interesting to talk about. Because I think a lot of the things that you talked about and is it Scott from Project Echelon chimed in and then on, I think, uh, Boardman, Ito, what's his name? Chris Boardman? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was like, yo, I'm here for this. And so I think a lot of people in the pro circle knew what you were talking about, but other people were kind of like, wait, what? So, because we... Yeah. And I say we as amateur cyclists, people who aren't pros, see you in Portugal on a Portuguese team like, yo, that's sick. Whereas that might not be the full story. And so what's the vibe? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I mean, the vibe, like within the team, you're saying. 
Well, just you were kind of like, you know, you are gracious that you have a contract and that you're on a team, but you had made a comment like, yo, I'm an outsider. I don't speak the language. You said twice, I think, like, I'm definitely an outsider. Do you not feel like, do you not feel the team vibe? Because later then you were like, if I was on an American team, it would be like, yo, let's go. So you're, there's, and I realize you're probably in a funny spot. Like, you can't really say, we're not Uh, asking to say some negative, but like, what else? That's all. Not afraid. Okay. Throw punches then. Let's go. (laughs) Paffle, we're coming, baby. Exactly. That's I'm past that time of my life where I'm afraid to like speak what I really think. Oh yeah, no cursing. No cursing today. No cursing. Okay. Um, it's a family friendly (laughs) channel. (laughs) What? That's fair. It's fair. I mean, you get demonetized on YouTube if they're swearing. Uh, Do you? Uh, No, I think you can swear. You can swear, but like there's certain combinations of words they'll like demonetize your. Oh, video. probably. I'm more likely to get demonetized if I have like Drake as my walkout song, and they're like, "You can't, you can't play that." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, this is my walkout for the podcast." So we're like, "No more walkouts, no more theme music. Let's just get to the freaking bike content." Damn it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it is obviously it's different. I mean, the language is the main thing. That's a major major thing i do not speak the language they do not speak english okay they're very proud kind of population of people wearing portuguese are there they have so much pride about their culture in portugal and you know so they kind of refuse to like they all understand spanish i speak the spanish well and like i kind of went in thinking like oh no problem these guys are like they don't know English, whatever. Like they'll just speak Spanish. Like they live right across the board or something. And oh, they'll know Spanish, but they kind of like give me the snooty, like <laughs> you don't know mm. Portuguese. Not even gonna like look at you or acknowledge that you're on the team is kind of what's happened a little bit. And I understand it. And and the other thing is, these guys are literally lifelong friends because again portugal's small country they all live right near each other they've all been racing each other for 10 years they're just homies which which is like from the outside it's like wow i wish i was in that group but i'm just not and that's the reality of it and there's any foreigners it's kind of and also i'm noticing now that kind of the continental level cycling is collapsing across the entire planet. There's tons of guys that are coming to Portugal because they realize like, well, like I said, in my video, like you're either quitting or what's the other option. I mean, you either try and like slum it out in Asia, but most guys don't really want to do that because you have to live in China most of the year and whatnot, or you go to Portugal. And so now there's actually, I just saw the other day, like a great, great rider, this guy that's got, a Danish guy, I was looking at his results who just signed for this Portuguese team. And I was like, like he won like big races in Europe this year, young 20 something year old guy. I'm like, either this guy is an absolute bad word. I won't say it, but like, and all the teams hate his guts or whatever, or they're the cycling is just broken. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of more and more. So these Portuguese riders are, they're a bit kind of with the mentality like, oh, these foreigners are coming in and stealing my jobs in Portuguese cycling. They're very proud of it, like I say. So there's kind of just like a bit of tension. I noticed that I noticed. Why are there more teams? Why is Portugal popping off, but then nowhere else is? 
that's that's a good question. Portugal cycling is so wild. I mean, how many so, teams? How many continental teams are in Portugal? Gotta be maybe ten. Yeah, look it up. There's there's a ton, and like, it is wild. You show up to these races, and there's these continental teams. They all have ginormous top of the line buses, like. You pull up to the parking lot at one of these races, and you're like, "Geez, am I at the like Volta Algarve or the Criterium Badov?" Like one of these huge races, but there's nine. There's nine, yeah. So there, mm. there's a major scene there, and it's all centered around the Volta Portugal, which is literally like a major, major event in Portugal. Outside of Portugal, no one even has any idea that exists. Who's putting that on? Because one of your biggest comments I thought was interesting was there's no infrastructure or teams like for these, what we'll call, not in a mean way, second tier riders. Just you're not a world team or pro team. So, and for those who are like, wait, what is that? We're talking world tour, what used to be called pro Conti. So now we're talking continental level teams. Yeah. Um, what what's well, I mean, Who's running the Portugal uh, tour, Portugal or whatever, Vuelta Portugal? <laughs> know what the race organizer is but it is a race that it's a 2.1 i think it's called okay and so that like there are foreign teams that come like this year one of the big spanish pro continental teams was over there and they basically kind of dominated the race um so like the, the there are a handful of big big teams not the world tours actually i say in 2021 a world tour team came um i don't know who exactly puts the race on but it's a phenomenal race they have you know i actually heard a stat that that race the volta portugal which is like a week and a half almost two weeks of competition they invest more money to put on their race than the volta espana wow and those like i mean it's a major major race but nobody knows about it outside of outside of portugal what's, um, what's the fan vibe like same as other races or or oh, bigger there is this climb that they do every year it's called the senhor de grasta and it's like this circle climb that goes up this mountain and it'll be like out the ways like just loaded with fans it's wild like i've never raced a race like that it, it, it it's crazy like it's a huge event in portugal outside of portugal no one has it like i mentioned that many times mm. Man, so yeah. yeah, race director is Joaquim Gomes, and it's been going since 1927. Mm -hmm. And yeah. apparently only, yeah, damn, dude, the list of winners is only Portuguese people until 1988. When, really? Yeah, look on, oh, no, there was a Spaniard in 1973. Uh, yeah. There's like very, it's like, a lot of Portuguese flags. And then as the globe gets smaller, like 97, some other people start jumping in here. But okay. Yeah, then a bunch of Spaniards started coming over and kicking yeah. ass. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's it's... why. That's why they're pissy you're Spanish because the Spaniards came over and in uh, <laughs> Palmares Resort Tavira, whatever team that was, and Liberty Seguros were like taking over. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me because it used to be. It was in a different date years ago, and people would like the big, big world tour teams would come in and like use it as a prep for maybe the tour or the Vuelta, something like that. But, um, okay. yeah, I can see what yeah. the 
Yeah, it was in. It used to be seventy-six times. It was in August, and then every once in a while it's been in September. So yeah, for the Vuelta Spain, it would be a good. So right. kind of like Paris, I guess, for the tour. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Come over, use it as a mega, mega training load, and then do your so, big rest. I'm curious, and I definitely have a couple things I want to push back on. So I don't want you to think I'm a dick, but. When we're oh, talking no. about, you had made a comment that like cycling's a big sport, and we've got these guys like Lance, Sepp, Matteo Jorgensen, Magnus, Sean Quinn. Mm-hmm. Dude, go on the street, ask ten people, take Lance out. Yeah, yeah. No. Zero out of ten know any of those people. Absolutely. Not. You say Sean Quinn, no. they're gonna think he's Irish. You say <laughs> Matteo, dude. I Matteo Jorgensen, I thought he was like Danish or something. And then I looked him up and I was like, this is years ago. I was like, oh, that kid's American? <laughs> like, no clue. Yeah, yeah. And I ride a bike. Like, that's embarrassing to say, but I just didn't know him. So like, so I, I think it is super niche. It's like the nichest of niche. Right. Maybe yeah, fencing, or you guess, said like ping pong. Those are more, but right. I, I guess like from our at least from like here I am in Girona, you know, it feels like I'm a pro athlete i'm the king you know kind of feels like that little like not really actually i didn't i take that back i definitely don't feel like a king but <laughs> you can kind of you know see how you do feel like it's a bigger sport than it really is and then you look at these football guys and they can't even walk down the street and never like it just gives you a little bit of perspective but yeah yeah in spain when you say football you're talking soccer or are you talking american football soccer yeah soccer soccer okay. soccer Football, that's a funny one. I mean, these American football guys, like in America, we think that those guys are little like Tom Brady. Oh, there's nobody bigger than Tom Brady. And then you like these random pro soccer player in Europe just puts that guy to shame in terms of, you know, their Instagram followers, the money they're making, all the houses. It's just crazy over here. The football or the So, okay, so if we agree that it's, a niche sport in the U.S. You know, I think back to this was pre-COVID. There was a time in like 2018. I remember it was within like a couple weeks. It was Jelly Belly, Hin Cappy, mm-hmm. UHC, and the Canadian team Silver Pro Cycling. I think they were like all shutting down. Now some of them did get sponsors. They came back, but there were articles from riders that were like, "This is terrible." You know, there's now 60 riders without jobs. Da, da, da. And as a cyclist, I'm sitting here like, dude, cry me a river. Like the, in the real world, if you I'm and I my background, I'm a sales rep, sold medical devices. If I'm selling something for this type of procedure and a new way of doing it comes out. You might lose a lot of business real quick if a surgeon's like, hey, I'm going to use this type of thing instead. So like markets change. And I felt yeah. as a, I felt, I didn't feel bad for these guys. I'm like, yo, you gotta figure it out, man. Start hustling. People were like, I'm sending my resume out to so many teams. Like that's what we all do. That's called the adult world. And yeah. so yeah. I don't say that to be a jerk, but it's like, what's the, what's the actual yeah. remedy? I mean, you you're know, so right. like why, what's to say that we deserve to be a pro. Yeah. A pro in this know? niche, weird thing. Like there's there's Whoa, nothing dude. To- what what did you see that? Yeah, I did. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> what the hell just happened. I was <laughs> like, yo, do you have balloons? There? I don't know what, the- what the hell just okay, the balloon. 
caught up. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> if you're not watching, if you're listening to the podcast, you have no idea what we're talking about. If you saw that, Kagan G just rolls with a stack of balloons. <laughs> we don't deserve this. Balloons, though. What's up? Okay. So, yeah, I think, you know, and 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 again, you know, it's, I think when I say that, I'm super sensitive to the fact that athletes pour their whole life into a sport and they go down a trajectory and it does totally suck to have a rug pull out from under you, but yeah. we can't just sit there and say, well, we deserve, well, there's no money. What, where are we bringing the money? And like, where's this money supposed to come from? And I think the reason I'm curious about like the Volta Portugal, not saying like, Oh, somebody could just go match what this guy's been doing since 1927. I think of the Rochester crit where I grew up. It used to be two hour crit. It was on the NRC calendar. They then made it a three-day stage race, grew. And then within a year, and I would love to reach out to the promoter because I know some of those people, they tried to make it a tour in New York. Making that jump, the race folded. It They've yeah. tried to bring the crit back. Like, it just crumbled everything. And people were like, where did this thing go? What happened? They came back once with the pro race. There was no more amateur racing. It was just like, how did it? It tried to grow and blossom, and instead it just killed itself. So, like... It was a terrible thing to see. So there's like, I don't know why or. Now that you're saying this, how does any bike race make money? Like I'm asking like, how? <laughs> I yeah. just don't understand. Like, I mean, maybe the tour because they have such a reach that maybe they can attract some spot. I, I just literally don't know how the the layout of the business is at all that would be profitable in any way i just don't understand it at the all tour has got to be has to be the tv rights right like tv rights and then the uh advertising and you have people like you know watchmakers that want to make the tour watch and they have the tour edition this and the tour edition that so they license the name to all these things but yeah when <laughs> you're tour new york you're not licensing licensing anything to anybody so yeah that I mean, middle like, tier like, is effed like yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Like, like a tour of Utah was around for years, and like Larry H. Miller, the guy that put that on, I'm assuming that he wasn't just doing it as a hobby. He had to have been making money, but how? I just, I, I would love to know. It's a curious question. I really have no. I mean, obviously, I don't have a business background at all to try and guess on such a thing. But, but so well, we kind of were talking about a similar thing. We're talking about, okay, how many, and I'm not going to pull out the email because these stats that we were like kicking around could be totally inaccurate, but AAA baseball players. And I don't know how much they make, but some of them I know have other jobs and are working, but then how does the business work? You have all these people that come to the stadium and still spend money. You know, they have, even on a, probably a crap night on a Tuesday night, they're pulling in 2000 people half of them are getting tanked amount a ton of liquor. Like they're making money at this thing. So I think we're in a sport where it hasn't been figured out still. How do you monetize this thing? And I think we're seeing more of, you know, we're having, they need to have more onboard cameras. I think the camera work this year from the motos was I asked somebody, I said, did the, did the race get faster or is it just that we're seeing things more in HD that even as a cyclist that knows how crazy the descents are, we could actually, yeah. I had people messaging me that didn't ride that were like, yo, what is going on in this bike? Like, this looks insane. I'm like, never heard that before. 
So maybe like that's catching up a little bit in terms of viewership, but we're decades away until people start to like the sport, to want to pay for the sport, to watch the sport. And you had made a comment to me of like, they're trying to turn it into F1. Do you guys feel that way of it's getting faster for maybe the wrong reasons for more for just viewership or. Not so much speed. It's, it's more so like when I made the F1 comment, I'm more thinking like they're, they're just trying to like, okay. So F1 and F2, no one has any idea anything about F2, but like F1 is just the sport of the, of this era you know and i feel like all right how am i gonna say this let's well, i was gonna ask you what is f2 is there is it like second tier uh, i even exist like it's they're kind of it would be like the version of what i am in cycling like okay a, like a continental cycling but when when i'm saying that comment the f1 type thing i'm kind of seeing it more as like I think the UCI, for whatever reason, there must be some business idea that they have. They're going to slowly kind of, they don't care about these smaller races. All they want is their big world tour circuit and their big world tour teams. Mm -hmm. The smaller teams, the smaller races, I really don't think they care. I don't think, you know, that's not, those aren't the races that they're making money off. They're, right, so you know, should they care? Right. Probably not. That's what I'm saying. Like we're screwed. Like, yeah. But I, I it, it just all is shrinking. It's all shrinking towards this kind of fixed. We have 18 world tour teams. The other teams, who cares about them? Like, do your own thing. If you want to do the tour of Britannia, whatever. Like, and I just, yeah, that just trickles down the entire sport. There's no. I guess I, I would know. ask, why do you think uh, why do you think continental teams exist? They they shouldn't. There's no there's no reason for them to exist. Why would a sponsor come and pay money to a continental team just to have like their name on the like it just makes no sense to have a name on a little jersey and do tour of Britannia or tour of the Gila? Like right. That's ridiculous. If I were a business owner, I would never even contemplate that, to be honest. Right. I mean, I run a cycling brand and would not probably sponsor a team. Yeah. Yeah. For a myriad I'm of reasons, because number one, you're spot you don't know everyone. You have bad actors. There's always there's usually a guy on a team, unfortunately, that's like, ooh, I don't want him wearing my logo. 100%. I mean, yeah. It's tough. I think so. This does shift, I guess, a little bit. Man, eh. that's an interesting comment that they shouldn't exist. So a kid comes up and you just got to be that world tour freak. I mean, what about, we've kind of talked about AAA baseball, but something more, something that doesn't like, okay. I don't even know what they call it now. There was Rochester Razorbacks. It was a not even, what's the B league in the NBA? It's, um, it's like, good the G league, I think they call it or something yeah. like the league below that was where I, there were guys, you know, those guys are still working. They're getting side gigs and jobs. And I think the tough thing is cycling. If you want to get to the next level, you need to be riding a lot. So yeah. you, you can't go play at the gym for two hours and then go work 10 hours. Yeah. Like there's just not enough hours in the day. 
So then we could maybe talk like, okay, so maybe you do kind of got to be a crit racer, but if you're a crit racer, then, you know, you can go and train two or three hours a day and still work somewhere else. But then that doesn't take you to the world tour. So is it just a, like you better start in this sport super early or be willing you've got income from somewhere. Maybe your parents are loaded or whatever. Like you don't need to worry about making money as a human being. And so you can spend these, you know, seven years cutting shops and hoping to get on a team in your mid twenties. Like, yeah, the path sucks. It's yeah. It's gone away. Like years ago, there were pat like obviously there was the be a freak path and they identify you from a young age and they kind of put you in the system from a young age. Or you could take the like Phil Guyman, Mike Woods, even like kind of a set path who like Set was a freak all along, but he wasn't identified until much later. Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, cases like that are basically non-existent because just the way that they're doing the hiring these days and cycling, they don't even blink eyes at someone who's not under 23. Like, right. like, like I said, this, this guy that I was looking at, the guy that's going to race in Portugal, like, I would hire this guy. Like if I were world tour director, this guy freaking won races this year, like big races in Europe and he's racing in Portugal could even be racing for free. Literally. Mm-hmm. Let, let me ask you this. What's the range on a Portuguese continental team? What's the salary range? Yeah. I mean, I make enough to live in Spain. Okay. I can get by as a single man, you know, like, right. Like, yeah. I was, can you have a family? God, no, not, okay. even, you know, yeah. there are a select few, I would say in Portugal that maybe are making enough to like have a family in Spain or Portugal, which again, you know, if you've got 30 grand income in Spain, 40 grand, you are a king. Really? Like you are balling hard making significantly more than 90 percent of people here so i should move to spain you're telling me dog i know <laughs> you're telling oh, me. G, we're gonna start a podcast in spain it's gonna be called i'm trying to get my parents over here they're like yeah our house is worth 1.5 million and we might sell it and but we don't know if we have enough money to live i'm like get over here like you need like you know, maximum four thousand a month for two people, and you're balling hard. <laughs> oh, oh my god, god. that makes me feel so good. I told yeah. my well, see, on my bucket list of life is live in Europe for six months straight up. Just I don't know exactly yeah. where yet, but I've only been able to stay there for a little over three months in one go, and I was kind of bounced between Belgium and the UK. And it's a long story we won't get into here, but um. Mm. I just love Europe and Spain is somewhere where it's the only language I could kind of kick around. I was in Ecuador and my friend who speaks Spanish was like, yo, your Spanish is actually not, it's not terrible. Like you could. And I talked to this lady, the mom that owned the, that ran this house that we were crashing at. And I definitely, I mean, I have Google translate out and like, we're chopping up, but we, it was me and her and we kicked it for an hour and like, we didn't hate each other. So Spain has like a little thing in my heart that there's so many cool little towns and I've never ridden. Like I got lost in the UK and my Garmin didn't work. And the guy told me town signs to look for. So I just meandered back 
like 90 miles through these no. towns. And I was like, this was so sick. And I don't really like adventure riding. I was kind of like a little anxious, but I would love to do that in Spain and just, I don't know. So anyways, you guys would have a blast over here. Oh, some point I got, I got to do it sometime before I die. So, I mean, I was actually really surprised. Someone made a comment to me. They're like, dude, Legion guys are probably making like 30 K. And I was like, Oh really? I thought I just assumed they were making more. Um, so even the crit route, unless you're the leader, Justin, and probably, you know, he's, I don't, does he even raise that much anymore? Like he maybe makes, he make, makes way more money from like all the sponsorships and things like that. I would assume if he has, if he's good at cutting deals, like, is that the only way that you see to make or, money to, to live, to be a bike racer, Absolutely. gravel? The gravel is that's that's the hot topic these days. And I mean, God, you've seen what happens. Like all of a sudden the UCI is pumping out gravel races, pumping out world championships, like blink of an eye. It's kind of funny how it works. Like they just go from trend to the next trend. And that there is money in, in the gravel for and there will be more and more in these next years because people are you know, they're in my scene, they're in my situation that just like, you know what? I'm not going to race in Portugal. No way. So I'm doing the gravel. And like, I, like, I know a guy here that he signed a pretty like a hundred grand contract with a big bike company in the U S and he, I think he was second this year in a few and like one of the big gravel races in the U S maybe he was like third or fourth in Leadville had a decent consistent season and he signed like, like an 80 grand deal with Canyon among other yeah, like there's money in that for sure. There's money. Mm. Just to race gravel. To race gravel, anything off-road, that whole lifetime series. Mm. Mm -hmm. There's definitely money in that. Um, I mean, again, we're talking you gotta live in the US where everything's gonna be triple of price compared to over here. But so people say that to you about Portugal because they don't like Portugal or they don't like they think it would be weird to go race in Portugal or what's the hate on being like, yo, you're racing in Portugal. So Portugal has a major racing in Portugal and the Volta Portugal has a is story with doping history. Oh, I didn't know that. Major, 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 major doping scandals. I, actually like when was this? This was 2021. There used to be the team that just dominated the Volta for years and years and years. And this team paid well. Like these guys were making like world tour money, huge money. What's the minimum in the world tour now? Do you know what that is? Man, maybe it's like 50 something. What's I the average say. world? Tour? So that's like the scrub that doesn't really race ever, or it gets like the poop races. What what's average? A hundred k. I I feel like they pay pretty well up there. I, what I do you think? Even... Like Mateo or Magnus or the guys you named. What do you think they're making? Sup's on another level now, but I, I would I'd guess Mateo. I wouldn't be surprised if that guy is. Four hundred, five hundred thousand. I would, okay. I'd guess, for Jorgensen. Yeah, at millions, obviously. Um, these guys on EF, maybe a little less, but but I do think that these world tour guys, even if you're not a winner, winner, they want you to live well, and they want you to have the money to not have to stress about having money. Mm. 
like a neo pro years ago one of my friends was his first year on the world tour and we we're kind of talking like about the money and stuff and he, he told me exactly that like yeah like they're paying me a lot more than i thought they would because they want me to like have a, a good quality of life live in a good place you know have the money to be able to go to an altitude camp or a training camp in grand canaria or, or wherever you know mm -hmm. so nobody's making less than 100 grand in the big world tier teams even the, the bad yeah bad. plus i mean that's smart because it less stress the faster you'll be like if you're not thinking about oh my god where's my next check coming from then oh, the little dog um <laughs> then, then then yeah okay yeah. so so Hmm. Okay, that's interesting about the Portuguese thing. I didn't know that. Yeah, you got to look into that. May. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was saying. 2021, the team that was dominating, 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 basically was found they, they, the classic. Did a raid on the team's headquarters. All the riders' houses had blood bags galore, EPO, the crate. Like, we're talking like Festina oh, affair type. Wow. Handle. And these guys, the guy that won the Volta in 2020, 2021, basically now they're all banned for life. All like the entire team, the team folded years before the guy that won the Volta like three or four times is banned for life. Like crazy, crazy scandal over there. So it has this reputation, just horrendous, horrendous. Now that you say it, I feel like I maybe saw that, but was like, oh, it's Portugal. Like what's going on in Portugal? So <laughs> it's like, yeah, case in point right there. I was like, ah, next article, Velodos, scan, scan, oh. scan. So I think too, when I'm thinking now, okay, so it's gotta be sponsor driven it, for these teams, obviously, but also somehow a lot of these projects, races, events, whatever are put on by somebody that just is passionate about cycling. But I think as cyclists, we do a poor job. I now maybe, maybe nine out of 10 cyclists know this and I'm the one out of 10 who's the idiot, but I saw Garrett Thomas next to the Ineos Grenadier, the car and they were like, oh, G. And someone was like, oh, it should be a G wagon because of Mercedes. And I was like, wait a minute, Ineos, they make, that's a car. They make cars. What is, yeah. and so I looked it up. I thought Ineos was communication. And so Me I too. could just be a total moron or I had never seen a car post from the freaking bike racing team. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I missed it. I don't really follow pro cycling like to the T, but poor i mean i know a lot of people that don't know what alpacin is i know there's a lot of people that don't know some of these products because they don't always really push the product so when we're saying like why would a sponsor sponsor team is like yeah they don't even properly talk about them so part of that i think is on us as the athletes um i don't know and and, and like when they do try and push i mean like now the human powered health, now that they fired me, like I, the message that the human powered health wanted us to push, in my opinion, was like, like, you know, it had great intentions, but it was just, it inspired so little hype in me. I'm like, it's just kind of the classic stuff from like, kind of just being like, ooh, the cringe a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, this is, why this company is paying this team whatever let's say eight ten million to like have us be like saying stuff about how to 
yeah, I like to turn my phone off an hour before bed so that I get optimal sleep. Like, cool, but it's just like, <laughs> ooh, ooh, is it? You know what I'm saying? There's no yeah, yeah, yeah. It other than being like, ooh, that sound of just like, wow, that's that's not worth ten million. I'm sorry, <laughs> like. Word, I would encourage it's... people to go to the Human Powered Health website because after Kegaji and I were chatting, I was like, wait, I don't even really know what this sponsor is. And I was like, whoa, wait, these guys are sponsoring a pro Conti team or excuse me, a pro team now. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. And I was reviewing back like, ja, 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 LOL. What the hell is yeah. going it's, on it's, here? Uh, but then, then you try and look at it from the direction of like, okay, it's... I think it's like an insurance company. Maybe that's, that's the thing. I literally, I was Are they the insurance. Wait a minute. Now I'm totally, now I've forgotten from when we talked about this. Cause I thought it was like life, just helping lead a healthy lifestyle. Like I don't see how sponsoring this cycling team, they must not understand cycling. <laughs> like yeah. it, the connection was not there. So then, okay, let's talk about like, I get project echelon. I love what they're doing. And their front sponsor is like working with, um what's the term veterans and so like they use cycling i know i talked to will harden obviously he coaches with us and he used to race for them and it was like he'd have athletes from there and they were involved in their own training so it was like oh this pro team has an effect on athletes that are interacting with who they're trying to act like it all the dots connected who they're trying to serve whereas you know i don't know um what's yumbo isn't that bread What's Visma? Good question. I have no idea. I I don't even know what my team's company is. Epipel Business Software. Oh, you don't know what Epipel is? I was. You, are you Are you kidding me? Yeah, like I have no idea. I I love that. Let's find <laughs> out. Yeah. Buried products of electrical installations. P, dot PT is Portugal, huh? The uh dot com dot pt yeah so they have um a very not new looking website but they are doing (laughs) electrical paneling okay that's that's boards and interesting so hmm gotta get to push that brand forward it doesn't make sense like how but people they're not even buying these this is for like housing contractors that's one reason why and even from i think this goes to speak to you know there's gonna be amateurs that are listening just because i think it's an interesting conversation but when people are talking about sponsors you know sponsors that i went after nailgene they sponsor cycling but also because they have sports goods um they're from Mm -hmm. rochester we had mount boar was a clothing company that sold ski and cycling gear okay the connection is there i told guys on my team i was like listen you need to try this product and use it and understand does it work for you because i don't necessarily need you to make a cheesy post i need you to talk to other people about it and just like spread the word about why we use it why did we take money from them yeah. and i think the biggest thing i I asked a friend one year not to come back i was like dude yo sorry we don't have room for you on the team he's like Dude, we're boys. What are you talking about? I said, we're taking money. We're taking a lot of money from brands. You didn't promote anything. You didn't race. You didn't like, there's someone else that is hungry for that. Like, I love you, dude, but 
I feel bad being the ringleader, like taking large amounts of cash from medium sized businesses and you didn't do anything with it. Like you technically got paid. And he was like, dude, I never thought about it that way. He's like, I kind of just looked at it as free stuff. I was like, it wasn't. I mean, so I think we kind of, as amateurs, even we break, we forget that we're taking, maybe it's 10, maybe it's only 10, quote unquote, only 10 grand. That's a lot to a small business. Um, So let's lastly, I I think, and I don't know, I'm curious what happens with the crits in the U S because I, I, it's not my thing. I wish I hope people like, like, are you talking about like NCL? Yeah. And like leagues and what could pop up. And the reason I'm, I'm curious because I've seen guys who I would consider pure roadies that only really seem to do crits when it was, there was big money at the crit or it was an Omnium or stage race, obviously who are now on Instagram, like, yo, I'm stoked with this and the opportunity. And like, you know, it, it, it half sounds like a plug post, but also half sounds like, yo, this is my option to race. I love racing. This is what I'm going after. And I'm like, yo, like, 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 let me like that. I want to support them yeah, and root for them. I don't know if they truly love it or now if it's just like, Hey, this is, I'm trying, this is kind of my job and I need to do this. And, and what you said, which I thought was good in your video, things are cyclical. You know, if you quit now, you're done. If you lose the next two years of training and racing, because you stop 30 year old, you will be crappier than 28 year old you. But if you keep going, maybe something and maybe that's what the crit guys now are thinking like i just got to keep training and racing and being motivated and so i don't know where it goes but i think like again i don't know if i'll be curious if they can make enough money there's not a lot of viewership except for all of us that race i don't even watch a ton of crits on tv if the camera work sucked it's like this kind of blows Um, yeah i don't so (sighs) yeah i mean the crits what's the vibe from i kind of know your vibe but maybe other people that you talk to that are like are people into it or they just sort of like i just gotta do this to survive right now i think nobody is looking nobody goes to the crit type league okay maybe maybe someone will do the crit league or okay i I take that back legion also does some of these writers i mean like we look at a, a success story like riley sheehan yeah. Who, you know, I don't think he'll have any problems with me saying, like, that guy was definitely not in his ideal place over there racing criteriums and, and local state races in the US. Like, talk about a guy that is so hungry to be racing any race in Europe. He was not hyped to be over there. But, like we were saying, that allowed him to keep training, to keep you know, doing the race and doing the intensity. And then he got his opportunity and now he's three years in the world tour coming up. So like there are going to be a few success stories like that, but I feel like the majority of the crit guys, it's kind of the same. I mean, if you're really, the way I see it, the high end of the sport is on the road. And if you really want to, that like I call myself at least an ins- aspiring pro athlete. I'm shooting for the top that I can get. Whereas if you kind of decide to go the crit way, decide to go the gravel way, coming from a road background like me, it's kind of 
I see it as you kind of gave up, but you like doing bike races a bit. So you want to just, you know, do some crits and kind of coast off your 10 years of work, your 10 years of base that you have on you. And you know, maybe you can like, like I have a good buddy, Kyle uh, Murphy, who was on rally for years. This is exactly what he did. Like he drove, like he gave it everything he could mentally ended his road career, just completely done with it. But he loves racing. He loves the camaraderie and he rides for Legion. He doesn't have to train as much. He's able to be with his family. He can do some cool bike rides here and there, maybe a couple of runs every week. He doesn't have to fall rigid schedule being Europe all the year. So that's great for a guy like that. And I feel like there's a lot of those cases, but the reality is if you know opportunities now, if things went my way somehow ever again in my career, I'm in Europe, I'm racing in Europe, I'm based in Europe. Maybe someday one of these teams, a Spanish pro continental team, maybe one day they're looking for, all right, we need an American rider. Well, who is there? We got 20 crit guys that are doing parking lot crits. No offense to those guys. Or who's this guy? Keegan Sorbel. All right. Well, I mean, he's been over here in Europe. He's racing in Portugal. He's We're going to Spanish. Choose- yeah, Spanish. You he's speak got Spanish. This, he's got this YouTube what? channel. He's about to have 1K subs. Let's go, people. Go sub. I got 1K sub. I've got 900 subscribers from my parkour videos. I've got maybe 10. Uh, from- well, we'll get this you is- more. We'll get you more. We're building, slowly building. We're building. I got it. That, that, so, I mean, dude, yeah, and it's. I was really surprised to see a guy like Kyle Murphy on Legion. And this, again, like we, I'm not pooping on anybody going to the Crit League. I was just surprised because he always struck me as like pure roadie dude. And then when Robin Carpenter moved over, I'm like, Robin's won a stage of Tour of Britain, which I don't think nine out of ten cyclists realize how mega that is. Like when that happened, I was like, here he goes on to yeah. the next. And I was like, er, left turn going to Legion. I was like, wait this cycling is so broken that that's what it is like there's just uh, I mean, with both of those cases it was way more and again they won't have problems with me saying this like it was my, way more just being like all right my whole family's in the u.s my wife's in the u.s my kids are in the u.s i don't want to be over here alone in europe i guess and i'm so too like, much of a nomadic loser that i'm like i would <laughs> never come back yeah, no, that's that's me. I'm like fighting tooth and nail to stay here. But I like, dude, keep I, fighting. Badly, felt really badly for these guys. Like Kyle Murphy, just like, you know, he's got his young kid, barely just born, and he's over here racing in Europe, like having a bad time and having sicknesses, and it's just like, oh man, that's tricky. You see why he goes back. But that's tough to- too unless it was not planned, like you have a kid and you're a pro bike racer, like you kind of set that complication up for yourself. Only play devil's advocate. I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I think also yeah. like, and to be, again, be that guy. It's like Riley is not the usual case. He was in Europe before then came back, has a storied history with his dad, like has some great connections, got mm-hmm. the ability to come back and just was killing everyone here. And then you win Perry tours. It's like, Whoa, dude. So, like, I think even someone who has, I say this is, like, how amazing of a bike rider he is. The, I think being there before probably kept his hunger going. Whereas, like, most riders in the U.S., they come back. It's like, I'm here. I'm in I'm doing, like, there's no stage races. You go from European racing to wah, wah. I mean, so kudos to Riley for keeping it going. It's, like, 
yeah no, go back is crazy his story is super cool i really am inspired by that I, and i'm so glad for what's up with israel premier tech we got a lot of americans on there and on their like devo not devo team but like the premier tech academy it seems like yeah um, yeah, those guys are all shout out to IPT too, because a lot of those guys are the ones that say yes to come on the podcast. People are like, Hi, yeah, who, yeah. Do you, who do you know on Israel Premier Tech? I'm like, I don't. I just these guys are nice and they share their time. Who yeah, else went on? Who else? Riley, uh Riley Pickerel, we recorded oh. is gonna post. Well, he wait, is Riley he's Canadian. No, is he American? He's, yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah, so close enough. Um <laughs> before we had uh uh Cole. And I always confuse their last names because Cole Patton was on Cole Kessler. So he's a younger dude. He's on the Devo team. Uh, super humble guy. But yeah, yeah. so. Uh, and it actually all started with another Canadian, James Piccoli. He was on. And that was. A sick pod. Yeah, that's right. And now he's Piccoli. in China doing the Chinese thing. So I, 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 Is he race next year? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's... Yeah, That's talk about a guy story in this sport. Man, he's been all over the place. Yeah. Well, <laughs> man, I don't know. If we we obviously don't have like the answers, but I think it's an interesting conversation, just the different ways that athletes can go and like the, yeah. the options or maybe lack of options. But I do think your comment of this middle ground should not exist. I'll be curious how much longer it goes. And it's funny, you know, most and I don't know what the deal is on all the teams, but you know, like even on like a Hincapie team back in the day, I had heard like those guys were getting paid because they had to at some point, but they had to buy all their stuff. They're like, Oh, we're not getting any money. We have to actually, we get paid, but then we have to buy kids and a bike. And so we yeah. have to pay back. And so there's always like weird things. And I, I think the, uh, just this, it's gotta be riders need to drive more revenue in a way, because I think it looks like, hey, I got hired by this team. The team needs to take care of me. But the, t like you said, like these sponsors, it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to sponsor a team. Makes so sense. Maybe there Makes needs sense. to be more onus on like more individual sponsorships that would be, because that's the other thing too. Like, let's talk like products, brands that want to get in, they don't always want to sponsor a team because there might be like one or two stars or one or two people with influence, but the team is like, well, we need 50 K cause we have 10 guys. Like, yeah, well, yeah. three of them aren't going to talk about anything. Three are going to like, aren't liked by people and okay, we'll give you stuff for three people. So then it becomes really tough with yeah. athletes. Like maybe, maybe athletes do need to bring on their own sponsors more. And, and that's, we're seeing that a ton, ton, ton over here where like, you know, five years ago, there were a lot more continental teams that you could, you could go and race there and get a decent salary. I mean, not so, like you can scrape by type of salary. Like 15K, 20K. Like 20, 25K type salary, which again, for Europeans is like, you can get by in most countries in Europe with that very well. Like that's like, I mean, like I say, if you make 20 grand in Spain, you're an average citizen, 100%. But um, now those same continental teams are kind of doing exactly that where you have to, They'll say, yeah, sure, you can be on our team, but you have to bring a sponsor that's going to pay your salary and probably pay a little bit to the team for helping flights or whatever. And that's mm -hmm. that's where it's going. So, like, 
they're just the teams that are there that are going to actually pay a rider like they used to, like a Jelly Belly used to, or a Hincapi, basically non-existent outside of Portugal and very, very few others in, in Europe. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Pretty wild. It is. Like I said, I mean, like, but why? Why are they pay us? Why do we deserve it? We don't deserve it. Like, the pro sports, the pros deserve it. And they're the world tour guys. Like, right. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, I think we need to compare and look more. I mean, it goes back to the model, AAA baseball. I think, you know, then we're in the circle, but then you got to work another job, but there's not really time to work another job. So maybe it's got to be crits. It's just this like, merry-go-round yeah. of problems um it'll be interesting to see what happens and yeah it will be I my, good so I just googled average annual wage is about twenty nine thousand euros in 2022 compared to other and this is from statista.com compared to other european countries spain does rank fairly low um yeah. then low. What is wealthy in Spain to be considered rich in Spain? People believe they need to earn at least 15K per month. So that's what one set. If you made a hundred and seventy, if you made a hundred and seventy thousand dollars, it's more than what that's the top one percent. Um that's you are an absolute king with that type of money. Lane. Like, oh well, like I remember when I was on the salary from human powered health, just an average American salary a couple of my like Spanish friends like we were chatting money and I don't like care. Like I tell people how much I make, I don't care. And they just lost their mind. <laughs> You're getting that much for biking. Like, Oh my Lord. Like they were just losing it. That's crazy. But It's that's- interesting. And Oh man, I'm going to butcher this example, but there's examples, you know, of where like when Americans find out about how much, you know, like a factory worker makes in small countries and we fought where this is terrible. Da, da, da. And there was this case study where finally the government was like, listen, you guys, I understand what you're trying to do, but if you pay these people $10 an hour, they're going to make more than doctors. You're going to like mess up our, the social fabric of our country. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I never, this is great. Like to understand the macro of that country going on. I was like, Whoa, that's how like just our view of money and stuff is so skewed over here anyways it's uh, like like you're saying with your parents like oh we've got this house it's like only worth 1.5 and like we might not be able to survive it's like oh my god I'm like, but that's a real uh, that's a real part that's a real thought from like most people because it's like a life in the u.s is pretty expensive and it can be yeah yeah it's insane over there I've, i couldn't I, I hope i don't have to go back i really do but anyway maybe i'll see you in europe at some point you got it i really Dude, recommend- I- and it is a pain in the ass to get all the visa stuff, but I've learned so much. It's just been such a great experience. Dude, I'm coming on a Schengen and I'm going to pop in for 90 days. And I'm going to go to Croatia and then I'm going to pop back and be like, hola. I mean, and you could do it. Like, I mean, I don't know how, like what other, if you need to be in a certain place, but I mean, you need- you're, you're a YouTuber type, you know, oh. not saying that you're, please don't call me that oh no somebody said that to me they're like so it's actually funny we were like obviously still super small and so this was the first year though at races that people were like yo evoke and i was like oh my god they actually know how to say it because people were like evoke i was like yo i'm racing with a youtube influencer i was like 
who else is here? Do not call me that, please. That sounds terrible. YouTube influencer. Dude, I was like, I just am obsessed with this sport and like making videos and talking to athletes, please. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but scary. No, it was a low, it was a low moment of the day. You've but. got a good be able to do that in other parts of the world like might as well take advantage that's interesting there. i never thought about that of getting like a travel visa because for sh- the schengen thing it is like a six month window which i realized so i went the reason i was in belgium i was uh in grad school they had this study abroad program i eventually was like quitting my job I'm like Yo, i'm gonna go to belgium and i booked this yeah. ticket for 120 days lo and behold they're like you can only be there for 90 and i couldn't yeah i'd already paid for the ticket and i had housing on the front end and was had to come home. It was a long story, but anyways, so I went to Scotland and to Croatia and they're like, yeah, you're good with doing that. You just can't come back for the next three and a half months. I think it was. So yeah. 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 Months if I have it right. It's all a nightmare. I, I like, I don't know why they make it that hard. I mean, I understand like, that they don't want people taking advantage of their system, obviously, but like they in Spain at least they make it so damn hard for these people to come over from America, and it's significantly harder for Americans to get a visa than say a Canadian or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the majority of Americans come over, like have a lot more money than the Spaniards do, and I'm thinking you guys are literally like making it hard for someone to come over and just inject money into your economy. Like, what are you doing? I think they're more worried though. Aren't they, that we're just going to try and take over stuff, jobs and yeah. Have more influence than tons of, of different layers to that. But I mean, with the visa that I have, you have to show that you have a 30 grand in your bank. Yes not allowed to work i have a non-lucrative visa over here so i mean like basically i'm doing nothing except just spending money i have to have my own private insurance i'm not going to take advantage of their um right health insurance oh yeah this is exactly what happened when i went to belgium because at first i was getting a visa student visa and it became like the university got involved and like yo dude i don't know what's going on but in, and then I think it was 50k euros it like couldn't even be dollars and yeah. I was I didn't have 50k and my parents were like dude what no we're not giving you 50k to put into euros like figure this out yeah. so then they were like no no visa just you gotta leave and go and come back and I was like all right whatever yeah yeah they, it's it's hard to, to get it all sorted unfortunately you can teach How's the coaching going yeah it's fun dude i have a few clients i'm having a blast i Let's really go I, uh, yeah i mean i talk with each guy every day fucking or excuse me crossword <laughs> i do really truly having a blast with it i really and the guys are both like i only have two guys right now um but they're both really into it we chat all the time and yeah, it's, are they american it's, it's both americans yeah yeah, yeah cool yeah. Sick. Yeah. Keep that going. I mean, that's yeah, more yeah. lifeblood, and that's something good to fall back on if you enjoy it. Yeah. If you do decide to come back, or then we could have, then we'll try and poach you as a coach. We can have evoked por- Portuguese training camps. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to do oh, stuff yeah. in Europe. I, people ask us, like, it's actually super cool to get an email from someone. Like, when are you going to come over to Europe more? I was like, dude, I. I'm humbled and I would love to. Yeah. And we had a couple guys that were in Slovenia. Um, you maybe have raced against 
Um, Andy, God, I'm blanking on Andy's last name. Um, he raced for that. It's, it sounds like a German name, but it's like Farver Bear, Farven Bear. They're blue and yellow. Bourbon Bear. I don't Anyways. know. I don't Andy know. Bach, B-A-J-K, B-A-J-C. I don't know. I don't, I don't recognize that name. Right. I'll have to Andy something, right? I'm going to get some food ready. Thanks for chatting. We'll try and chop no up and post it up, and I'll be curious what people have to say. Yeah, leave us your comments, guys. Should the con um, is that the title? Should continental racing die? <laughs> That's a clickbait. <laughs> Keegan Swerve, the last continental racer. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Eh? We'll all end up gravel mobbing in a few years. <laughs> this will be funny to look back on one way or the other. So yeah keep in touch right. man it'll be we'll uh we should do like a mid-season podcast or post-race after you win some things and yeah i wouldn't count on that but i always came to chat so. <laughs> we'll see. yeah I'm, I'm so far training well having a good time so you but never know good. you're lucky there but <laughs> great to yeah. talk to you man yeah good to see Keg you G in Have the building time. everybody go like his kega g channel and thanks for tuning in Yep. Yo, have a good uh, rest of the day. Or no, you're going to bed. Have a good night. Sleep well. Yeah, bedtime here. It's a holiday over here, so it's like a constitution day. Do you sleep uh, really late to be on like Portuguese or to be on Spanish time? In the summer, I do. Like I'll, it's like it's crazy. Like I don't know how it happens, but I just get on this sleep schedule where I can't go to sleep. I eat dinner at ten. I'll go to bed at like one and then I'll get up 10 in the morning, 11, like just take your day. And it gets dark where I am living in the summer at like 11. So you have all day if you have a six hour. So if you're like riding your bike at seven 30, you've got. Totally. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I just, I'm on like an alternate schedule. <laughs> totally. I'm I'm Florida here. Like well, it's obviously a different vibe, but it's uh everybody rides super early. So I leave at 5 30, 6 30 in the morning. So I did a I was talking to my friend. He's like, wait, did you ride today? I was like, Yeah, I did a three hour ride. He's like, it's 8 45. I was like, Yeah, I left at 5 15. He's like, dude, what? And it's just like uh, traffic here. It's just like it's big enough of a city that it, it's obnoxious. So yeah. down there. What's that? What are you doing down there? I'm down here for the winter, and then I go back to North Carolina. So yeah, it's a uh, snow burden, and yeah. the community yeah, right. here is sick. There's you go on a four hour ride, you literally pass 400 people on a bike. Like, oh really? The, the first time I rode down here, I thought there was a grand founder or something going on. I'm like, oh my god! And the first 10 people I thought were total jerks. I'm like waving everybody. I'm like, yo, oh my god, it's a cyclist. And then the next one, like, well, there's more people riding. And then I realized that just happens for four hours here. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's big endurance community in Fort Lauderdale, um, in between nice. Fort Lauderdale, the Palm Beach, and then obviously Miami is 15 miles down the road, but they kind of more stick down there. Some people come up this way, but yeah, a lot of people on bikes down here, more than I've ever seen. It's crazy. Huh. Jeez, yeah, well, it's I mean, it's not you... the craziest ride. I mean, it's one road, but people make it fun, so... <laughs> Yeah, if you got the group out there, like like you said, I mean, it's so nice to just ride when you're not cold, honestly. And the- I ride. So I grew up near Canada, so like in the southern part of the Great Lakes in Rochester, New York, 
and uh yeah dude the winter just it's already snowing up there it's cold it's i broke so hard and my dad finally yeah. was like why do you live here you love riding a bike you should move and i was like i'm thinking yeah. about it and i kept talking about it. And he's like yo you're gonna talk about it? you're gonna move I was like yo, you trying to get rid of me dude <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm selling my house i'm out of here i had the same experience i just oh, i took years off my biking career training through the winters of colorado my lord terrible terrible that's for sure. Yo. All right, brother. Keep in touch. I'll talk to you, man. Have a good yeah, one. Yeah, peace. Yeah.